Screen Talk is now available on iTunes. You can head there to subscribe to the weekly show, and you can send us feedback on Twitter. I'm at Eric Cohn, and Ann Thompson is at AK Stanwick. Welcome to a very special edition of Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the chief film critic, and I'm joined by Ann Thompson in L.A. In this episode, we're going to ex- uh, focus exclusively on the Telluride Film Festival, though it hasn't happened yet. A Telluride, for those who don't know, doesn't announce its lineup until the very first day, but we're in a very particular situation this year for a couple of different reasons in which uh, we can kind of look at some of the movies that are already known about and, and around in other festivals and speculate with, uh, I think, hopefully a fair amount of accuracy about what might be there. So, uh, and what, what would you say, I mean, why, why is it that, that Telluride just seems a little bit more predictable than usual this time? When, when Toronto laid down the gauntlet and said you have to be a, a world premiere to, to get that first weekend uh, slot, um, you know, where they, you know, so when you look at the Toronto announcements, of which there have been many, and also we now know what's playing in Venice, and so you can see what's a world premiere, what's a Canadian premiere, what's a U.S. premiere, you know, we see now what the whole New York festival is, too. So all you have to do is sort of compare and contrast and figure out if you know that it already played in Cannes or you know that it already played in Berlin, all you can, you just know which films are the ones that are going to be in Telluride. For example... Wild, that is a world premiere in Telluride. So no way, there's no way that's not true, and and so uh, why is that? Because Fox Searchlight saw an opportunity to bring in this whole group of people, the hiking community, all the people that were involved with the book that it's based on. You know, there's, so there's a whole element of being in the Rocky Mountains that just served their needs in terms of this particular uh, premiere. On the other hand, you know, Jason Reitman, his film, what's it called? Women, Children, uh, and yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That's going to Toronto. And that's where his Canadian identity and his his uh, affiliation there uh, as the son of Ivan Reitman, you know, prevailed. And he's, he's not going to go to... The usual thing was for him to go to Telluride with all his films for, for years. Right, including uh, just uh, this uh, last... Two years ago, with uh, Labor Day, so right. So, so Rosewater, the John Stewart movie about the uh, Iranian who showed on, who appeared on his show and then went back, a, a journalist and ended up in prison. Right. Uh, played by uh, Gael Garcia Bruno. That's supposedly going to be. Uh, so that's an interesting one because it's. I know it's being released by Open Road, which isn't a company known for being, you know, kind of a heavy hitting, uh, you know, fall fall movie season kind of a company. And you know, it, it doesn't sound immediately like a Telluride kind of a movie. Although you know, it's it's not so much John Stewart so much as uh, Gal Garcia Bernal who tends to make very interesting choices. Now I know one thing that I've heard about this film is that it's actually an English language. Um, the the characters speak with accents, and that's usually sort of a warning sign. But well, we don't. We have to put a caveat on this. We don't know for sure. <laughs> We're reading the tea leaves. Sure, but by they don't announce them, anything. By... Wild, I have info that leaves me to be quite confident, but right. but I, I haven't spoken to the people behind. Rosewater. But we're very. I'm just very curious about that title. If if it does wind up in Telluride, and and you know the tea leaves, you know aren't definite, but they do hint at certain things. I'm very curious to to see 
you know, why that might be, because I, I've, I've been skeptical about it. And what, are, what are some of the others now? I, we, we can expect... Well, Imitation Game, I think, shows in, in Venice first, and then it shows in Telluride. And that's Weinstein Co., and that's Benedict Cumberbatch. And that's definitely one of the Weinstein Co. award contenders. It's going to go on to Toronto and then to London, I believe, as well. Should be an interesting one. I mean, it's not. It's a, a filmmaker who's who's not known in the U.S. Really. I mean, he's he's made uh, Norwegian films in the past, like Headhunters. Morton Tilden, but then he's made thrillers and yeah. comedy. Thrillers Fallen Angels was a, was one sort of Ripley type. Of, yeah. of a movie, I, I loved Headhunters. I, yeah. I adored it. But he's almost a, almost a. It could be that he has that ability to do um, accessible, smart, fun movies, which is what he's done in the past in Nor- Norway. But I, 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 that doesn't mean. My question on Imitation Game is: is is it an awards? I, I, I want to like this movie, and I am excited to see it. Uh, the, the questions you we don't know enough about what he's like as an Amer- as an English language filmmaker to be able to judge what the tone of this is gonna is it gonna be more Tinker Taylor, is it gonna be more a, a, a Most Wanted Man? Hard to say. Right. So let's focus on some of the movies that we have seen that might show up at Telluride because we can certainly offer our assessment of those. One of them is The Homesman. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones directed this very strange western that also stars Hilary Swank. Um, and we saw that one at Cannes. Now, I, I that is was, a strange, a strange western. That's a good way to describe it. It's very peculiar, and I think also that you know it's it's a movie that. It, tries to delve into the challenges of being a woman in, in that particular time period, and yet still to some degree ends up being, I think, kind of a male perspective. So it's it's certainly not uh, 100% successful by most assessments. But, the, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is, is interesting as a filmmaker. I thought his, his earlier film, The Three Burials of Melchiatus Estrada, was one of the best that was released that year. So, you know, may, maybe it's something that where, where Telluride itself is, is a fan of this movie, but I, I'm just curious to see how it continues to have a life on the festival circuit when more people see it given that the can audience is always very particular. So that'll be an interesting one if it does show up at Telluride. And then, of course, we arrive at the Sony Classics slate, and Sony always has a good amount of movies that they choose to take to Telluride. One of the ones that we've been speculating about is Leviathan. Uh, it's a Russian film from a filmmaker who um, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce here because I'll just embarrass myself, but I have loved his work over the years. And... Um, it's uh, it's a really beautiful brooding film about kind of destruction of um, of a rural family and um, kind of it's about a- corruption. It's about extraordinary local corruption and greed and and market greed. Right, and um, it has these literary qualities that I thought were quite beautifully achieved. And it, won it was very well award. done. I loved it. I yeah. thought it was brilliant. Now the question is, um, I. I, I think it will do very well with the art house audience the question is whether it becomes um russians russia's submission because it's so obviously uh critical yeah i i'm I'm assuming establishment oh absolutely and and, uh at the Cannes press conference the director did say that uh 
the Russian government was not supportive of this movie, and so it, it, that seems unlikely. That being said, it is Sony Classics, which has a record with the foreign language category, and so I'd be curious to see if they're they're going to fight for that to happen. You know, I think I think Whiplash may turn up there as to sort of they're really pushing Whiplash hard. The fact that it's going to New York, though, it's also been announced for New York. And Mr. Turner is in New York, and Foxcatcher. Um, I think I think we will we may see all of them in Telluride as well. But so they're all kind of covering the circuit, sure. uh, as, as well as Wild Tales, which was also at Cannes. It's just this really enjoyable Argentinian satire. This could be a big hit on the art. I mean, it is so enjoyable. The reason it's so enjoyable is that it's basically taking human beings, putting them under extreme pressure. Once there's like six stories and and we can identify with each one, you know, the road rage or, or you know, uh, you know, the parking meter uh, outrage or, you know, trying to go up against bureaucracy or the wedding that goes wrong. It's just hilarious. And you can identify with it 100 percent. Yeah. No, I, I really hope that it, it goes far. I mean, it's produced by Pedro Almodovar. It, it does sort of recall some, some of the deviousness of his, his earlier films, but it, it also feels very much of the moment in terms of yes. the, the excitable yeah, elements of it. Yeah, so let's uh, talk about what we don't think will be there. Uh, the, the, one, of, one of the films that was tossed around as a possibility a while ago was Werner Herzog's Queen of the Desert. You know, they love Herzog at Telluride. They named a theater after him, but... He usually brings his most recent film there, whether it's finished or not so it's rather significant that i believe it was cassian elwis who must be uh the producer on this on twitter uh said it's not ready we're not bringing it it's got to go back into the editing room i mean that just shows you the kind of space that we live in right now where you know here we are kind of cracking the telluride code and, and figuring things out so People may as well clarify these things because otherwise, you know, it's everyone's going to keep speculating. The other story I heard is that there's two films that I sort of wondered if they might not show up there. The Humbling, uh, two Al Pacino films. And there's a story that Al Pacino went to, to, to Telluride once with a movie called Chinese Copy that was so badly received there. <laughs> and notably, this is a film he directed. So. Yeah, that, that he's never going to go back. <laughs> Well, that you know, it's interesting because that's such a small crowd that's out there relative to the larger festival. So I, I can't imagine that Chinese coffee was better received at the bigger festivals it played at. It's just no. He had like, to take it back into the editing room, and that was remember that was I think there was some notorious um, two different distributors thought they had the deal, but they didn't have the deal. You know, it was, it was a whole thing that went has awry around that. I do think 99 Homes, the the uh, Barani, is going to turn up in, in Telluride. Yeah, I mean, Ramin Barani is another Telluride regular. He was there with um, his last movie, even though it wasn't a huge hit. And, you know, it's, it, it the is... The one with Dennis Quaid. Right, which, by the way, was another Sony Classics movie. And while this one does not yet have a home that would certainly be one contender and so the, it does make sense that something like that would surface there and I'm pulling for him I, I think Ramin Barani with his, his first couple movies Goodbye Solo, Man Push Card etc 
really, uh, you know, showed an incredible talent for kind of turning the, this new realistic aesthetic into something that was more, you know, outwardly entertaining. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still hoping that he can retain I'm, that. I'm not on board yet. Um, Birdman might be at Telluride, I would Certainly. Say. I think it's, it's almost certain. And, and yeah. you know, I'll eat my words, but it's um, Closing Night New York Film Festival, and uh, it's uh, opening Venice, the opener. Well, it'll of Venice. go to Telluride. It'll yeah. definitely. Go. It was um, last year that uh, Venice opened with Gravity, which played at Telluride shortly afterwards. So you know that that kind of matchup makes a lot of sense, and uh, you know it's it's certainly a significant award season movie. There's no question it's being positioned that way, and Telluride would be the ultimate start of that push and you know at least for north american audiences you know before it shows up at new york film festival and what i think is interesting about that is that if there wasn't a problem between toronto and telluride in terms of the timing of when these films play i bet that birdman could have played in toronto it really does seem like you know because of different festivals having different kinds of standards the the dynamic has been rearranged so birdman is playing at new york film festival and they don't seem to care uh if this movie surfaces until you ride you know it's still going to be a big deal there whereas you know they don't care about world premieres as much except for those three galas that's sure. all those are the three world pre- i like that system i think if you have an opening night a closing night and a centerpiece gala and all three are big deal world premieres then you can afford to run a lot of can films and venice films and telluride films and not worry and toronto films and not worry about it and you know frankly i don't think most of the world cares about this whole world premiere status anyway. And I, I hope that as things unfold this year, that the people in various you know power positions affecting these decisions realize that and start to, uh, you know, at least relax these policies a, a, to the point where it's not going to, you know, hurt the prospects of certain movies. I think that, you know, the challenge with Toronto this year is that's a massive festival. And there are certain movies uh, that, of, of a smaller size that could really benefit from as much exposure as possible no matter what you know i mean even something like the al pacino film manglehorn you know that's that's a very small film from david gordon green you know if if that was to go to tell you right and people liked it you know it could, that would help him it would, that would help it i agree i couldn't agree with you more i think that what happens is that there's a small group of media it's everybody's using the internet as the excuse for why that they, they can't get away with it anymore. But it, 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 if that group creates some buzz around a King's Speech or an Argo or a Gravity, and then it, and then it goes to Toronto and it, it gets built upon and it gets expanded by a much bigger group of people there, that's a good thing and that's good for the film. Now, the one thing I've noticed that that seems indicative though of the way things are going is that Telluride may in fact have an edge in a way on the Oscar-driven, awards-driven movies, but what Toronto gets is the, and very much so this year, are the acquisition titles, the movies that are going to be for sale, the the cobbler, you know, um, which is an interesting uh, movie coming up, or or uh, which everybody's curious to see, or or uh, the La Gravenace, uh movie or the or the Richard Long Crane movie. They're, these are movies that did you know whether or not they were going to ever go to Telluride or, or that's it's it, that's where Toronto totally dominates is in terms of these uh, sort of where you have 
the, the distribution companies on mass showing up at the first public screening and 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 hovering uh, afterwards in a huddle, you know, trying to figure out whether they're going to buy it or not. Right, which is such a bizarre system in some ways because you know to some degree a lot of these movies will benefit from being screened later and being seen outside of the context of such a crowded event. I mean, that first weekend in Toronto, if you're prioritizing acquisition titles in a certain way, you're going to miss a lot of things. I mean, Toronto does have a great lineup. The Discovery section alone is it could be its own festival in terms of the, the kind of sophistication and in, in the way that it, it represents international cinema. And yet most people don't see those movies. They don't get talked about at least not in the same way that these acquisition titles do. So, you know. Yes, but if you if you do aim at going, to, I've done this many times. If you aim at covering those acquisitions titles in Toronto, you're bound to see some of the worst movies. Yeah. You know, I've changed my tune. I wait, and I don't have to be at the first screening of those acquisitions titles. I would rather focus more on on worthy ones, the ones that might actually turn out to be good. And I certainly hope that some of them do. So we've cast a pretty wide net here. We're not placing any money down right now, so I, uh, I don't think anybody should take these things too seriously. But uh, next time we'll we'll actually gather at Telluride and, and we'll be able to reassess how things are coming along with some actual movie titles to discuss while we're there. So until then, and uh, let's just keep pontificating on, on what we might be able to see. Okay, bye-bye. It's green as far as I can see As my memories return Oh, how my heart is yearning For you and the days that used to be High on the mountain Standing